Hello, and welcome to Paradox, untold stories from athletic directors with Dr. Danielle LaPointe and Dr. Dustin Smith. We have some crazy and unique stories for you, which are made possible by our sponsor, Wall of Fame. At the Wall of Fame, our mission is to bring your school's legacy to life. We transform school tributes to make it easier than ever to celebrate your whole community, showcasing your school's diverse history, proudest moments, and top role models. We understand that the true value of our Wall of Fame is in your content. Whether you are starting a new tribute or adding to an existing one, we give you all the resources you need to build an interactive experience and take your content to the next level. Speaking of next level, let's check in to see what Danielle and Dustin have for us today. Today we have Rebecca Carr with us. How are you doing today, Rebecca? Good. How are you doing? Good. I'm very excited to have you here. Probably not as excited as Dustin, who's like being giddy over there. But um, I'm really happy that you're here with us today. I'm excited to hear your stories and get into that. But I'm going to shoot over to Dustin and go ahead and let him give you the intro because I know he's chomping at the bit today. Yeah, man, I'm I'm excited about today. Uh, I kind of t- joked off air uh, before we started recording that Rebecca was in the NIAAAU cohort uh, last year, the executive leadership cohort. And um, she got to suffer through me being a mentor for a year and just kind of experience that process. But just um, to see the growth and the journey um, for those individuals that start in December and come back full circle in December, December, just what the growth is and seeing Rebecca's growth in that process um, where you're challenged in that cohort. Uh, you're challenged to do a lot of self-reflection. You're challenged to do a lot of self-assessment. Um, and really apply your leadership to your students at, at the end of the day. You're trying to make it better for your kids and your coaches. And so I got to witness Rebecca doing that, um, got to listen to her perspective. And so, Rebecca, I want to start by asking this question. Tell us who you are outside of being an AD, because we can talk about your involvement um, at the state and national level. We can talk about you being in the cohort. We can talk about a lot of things. But what makes Rebecca tick outside of being in this crazy world called athletics? Um, So that's actually a really hard question for me um, because our jobs do take up so much of our life. Uh, And I've tried to find the answer um, and tried to kind of experience new things. Um, I am a wife, uh, which is recent. Um, My now husband and I have been together for uh, 10 years, but we just tied the knot a couple of years ago. So like, it's still new. Um, so learning to, to be part of that, um, partnership is, is kind of who I'm trying to figure out who I am. Um, so with that comes, you know, his likes, my likes, um, what do we do on days off that we actually get days off? Right. Um, so We've been doing a lot of outdoorsy things, and I've been introducing that into my repertoire. Um, I'm a cat mom. Um, I don't have human kids. I have fur kids. Um, so a lot, what a lot of athletic directors struggle with for time, um, I still struggle with, but it's just me and my husband um, struggling for that time together. Um, I am a bowler. Uh, by nature. I've traveled around the, the country um, bowling in tournaments, um, national tournaments, state tournaments. Um, so that was a big, that's been a big part of my life. 
Um, I've done that since I, probably my first pair of shoes were bowling shoes. Um, and, you know, just trying to figure out every day who I am and, and what I'm doing and, and how to make it work um, outside of the job, which, as we know, takes up a lot of time. So. Let's talk about that for just a second, because you talk about, and I think there's an important takeaway here for anybody listening. Um, you, you're trying to find that balance of what that looks like outside of work, but also the dynamic of trying to be a wife, trying to understand what that dynamic's like, because it's different. Um, and we all can talk about the different time constraints that we have, but we all only have 24 hours. So what we do with that 24 hours, whether it is trying to figure out how to invest in family or your cats or reading or whatever it may be trying to find that balance so we don't go completely nuts um and that's all new to you that's a new process since uh, you guys have been together for a while but you haven't been married for a while and so just learning life learning their intricacies learning their um habits uh your habits and uh, i always kid around with my wife because I'll go home on a Saturday and she'll be like, Hey, where do you want to go? I'm like, nowhere. I have right. talked to people all week. I just want to lay right here and do nothing. And so figuring out that balance. So how do you try to do that? How, how have you been successful or have you been successful in trying to balance that? Do you make it a priority? And if so, what's a tip you would give people that are listening? I don't really know if I'm the, the tipster. Um, <laughs> but, um, I, just like you, Dustin, I, I, I'm at work, you know, a lot. Um, when I come home, I don't want to go anywhere. Right. Um, and my husband is the opposite. Um, he's at home and, um, so all he wants to do is leave, right. And go somewhere. So, um, finding that compromise, which is probably me more compromising to, to him to say, fine, like, let's go out, let's go for a walk. There's a, beautiful park district system across the street from our house. Um, so we go there, we've been kayaking. Um, it's actually been nice enough this week. We got out on the water. Um, so for me, it's kind of sucking it up and just saying, okay, I, I yes, I've been around people. I, I want to just sit on the couch. I want to read a book. I want to crochet a blanket, but it's probably just better for all of us if I get moving and go do something. Um, I don't know if that's the tip that everybody wants to follow, but that's been what's making me successful through this. And I mean, it works for you. That's I important. Kinda, I kind of want a crochet blanket, though, for me. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. It's like a nice, fluffy, soft one. <laughs> yeah, well, you talked I, about, uh, Rebecca, you talked about getting out on the water. It's been nice yep. enough to get out on the water. So what I always like to ask our guests is paint on a map geographically where you're, where you're located, where you're an athletic administrator at, so people will just kind of know what they're dealing with. So um, I am actually, I work an hour and change away from where I live. Um, so my commute is a lot of podcasts um, and a lot of audiobooks. Um, so I geographically, I, I am an athletic administrator outside of Rockford, Illinois. Um, I live in Lake County, which is uh, east of where I, where I work, but it's, I live kind of on the lake, uh, in the northeast corner of Illinois, um, ballpark by, by the lake, uh, right at the border of Wisconsin and Lake Michigan. 
Um, if anybody's ever been to Six Flags, Great America, that kind of gives you a, a geographically location of where I, I live. So, um, yeah, it takes a little over an hour to get here. Um, I've been doing this for four years. So every so often the drive drains on me, but right. try and make it fun, make the phone calls, um, you know, talk to friends, talk to other athletic administrators uh, during during that time. So. So an hour one way. One way. Uh, so you spend a lot of time. So when you're at work, you're at work. It's not like you can, hey, I'm going to run home and get this change of clothes or I'm going to take care of my cats or whatever. Yeah. You're at work. Yep. It's a far wow. cry from you, Dustin. Dustin can walk to his school. To yeah, I'm close. three I'm three blocks from my office. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. There's pros and cons to each. Yep. Well, there's pros and cons to each. You know, we've talked about that before, Dustin, where, you know, maybe Rebecca can go shopping and get milk and not be asked about what's going on for, for game that night. So there's definitely pros and cons to each. We've discussed that. Yeah, for me, it's not so much. I live in a small town. I'm three miles from my or three blocks from my office. So when we when I go to Walmart, people are like, hey, Dustin, you got a second, which is never a second. It's a lot of seconds piled onto that. I mean, they're all just piled in. So mm -hmm. um, I I joked about this off off before we start recording, Rebecca, but I, I do want to ask because I know you did a book study with your coaches mm -hmm. um, and it was Joe Ehrman's book, Inside Out Coaching, which I think is a phenomenal book. And if anybody wants a book to read, I won't just recommend it all. Just ask Rebecca from your from your viewpoint. How was that book study, and what did you think your coaches got from it? So uh, here's the long answer. Um, it's been a process that we just uh, finished the book last month, um, and the process has been going on for a couple of years. Um, I came into this position four years ago. I wanted to observe and then, you know, for like a year um, and then kind of make some changes using inside out coaching and the, you know, the four major questions. Um, and so obviously that didn't happen. Um, pandemic kind of got in the way of that. So it's been a long time in the works for this. And last year I asked my coaches, my head coaches, and I kind of wanted to have them work with their coaching staff um, to answer, you know, some some essential questions. Why do I coach? What's it like to be coached by me? Um, the questions that are posed in the book and come up with a philosophy of coaching. So they did that. I took some time to go over them. Just, you know, what is that philosophy of coaching that you can present to your parents should they ask, right? Um, and so we did the book study this year and I broke up the chapters by whether the coaches were fall coaches, winter coaches, or spring coaches. So they only read a portion of the book. They could read the entire thing if they wanted to, but they were only like required to discuss a portion of it. Um, so we had our coaches meetings in the morning once a month, and we discussed a couple of chapters. Um, Ann Campbell from our cohort mm -hmm. was nice enough to give me a cheat sheet um, on some questions that she had used uh, with her coaching staff. And somewhere along the line, someone had come up with them. So we do what we do best as athletic administrators and we steal from other people. Um, so I use those guiding questions to talk about, um, you know, just to, to guide us through the book. Um, and then at the end of the book, I asked them to look at their philosophy of coaching. 
and just kind of revamp it if they felt that it needed to be revamped based on some things that they had learned throughout the book. Um, I wasn't asking them to change their coaching style, um, but use it more as a guide for transformational coaching. Um, and so I'm waiting to get those new second drafts back from them. Um, and it's not anything that I'm, you know, rating or holding over them with an evaluation, but I just want them to be reflective of how is it that I coach? How do I communicate with parents? Um, because, you know, it's, it's, it's evolved, right? We all know that those things have evolved. Um, and so I thought the book was, was great. Um, it was a great guide for us. And even if they just take like one or two nuggets out of the book, I think it will, you know, help our, our coaches and, and just to be more reflective, even if that's the only thing that they get out of it. How are your, how are your coaches? Um, I don't know. Do they, were they excited about this? Were they like, you're putting something else on our plate? Like how, cause I can see some coaches that I've had in the past that it would be all over this and other ones that it would be like pulling teeth. So I'm curious to see how your coaches react. So when I first got the books, I had them open in my office and I had a couple of coaches stop by and they were like, Ooh, what is this? Oh, we're going to read it. Um, and they took it ahead of time and they've read the whole thing. Um, and then I had coaches who were kind of um, dismissive about the process, but did their part. Right. Um, and whether or not it changes them, I, I don't know. Um, as I said, I would just want them to take a couple of pieces. It was, you know, close to 300 pages and I'm sure there's one page that resonated at some point. So right. kind of just looking for one thing for them to be able to transfer that to their coaching style and the way that they interact with kids or the way that they interact with parents. Uh, in this profession, and again, I can tell you that book is a great book and I enjoy that book. And um, as you know, I read uh, a lot. Um, I like to read and I try to try to get different people's perspectives on books that, that I maybe have read. And I know that's book that's a book that's on my shelf that I think is very important. Um, but we're not here to talk book reviews. We're not here to talk about that stuff. We're here to have a little fun, have a little laugh. Um, and, and we've kind of sprung this on you, Rebecca, just, uh, saying, okay, we like to talk stories. Um, and the point of this podcast is let's have some fun. Let's laugh because our profession is so stressful at times. We're the only ones on the Island. And sometimes we want to just laugh and just look back at stories and say, man, did that really just happen? Did I experience that moment? Um, and we've had some wild stories on here. We've had people with um, streakers. We've had people with live chickens in the gym. We've had <laughs> we've had all kinds of wild stories. And I have to think, geographically and with the weather that you've had, you've probably had a story or two that maybe have involved weather, that maybe have involved kids ready to get outside and maybe couldn't, whatever it may be. So I'm excited to just kind of listen. We don't have a sneak peek. This is just Rebecca going to tell us what's going on and we, we know get nothing. to react. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's honestly. I'm. I'm thinking, and I'm. I'm like, what? What are stories that are going to, you know, be exciting? Because for for us, I think they're just every day, and we just start like, okay, well, that's another thing we got to, you know, plug up that hole or put a bandaid on that situation. Um. 
Yeah, so I, I was thinking back just as you were talking about the weather. Um, so it was my first year as an athletic director. I had been an assistant athletic director for, for several years. Um, but this was like, this was my show, right? And uh, we were in our first round of first round of the playoffs um, for football and our team kind of, um, all, I, I don't want to like toot our own horn, but like we all, we always tend to have a good enough record to make the playoffs and we always make the first round. Um, and so this was my first playoff and it had snowed like <sighs> a snow, um, the day before. And so we're hosting this playoff game. I mean, the other team is traveling from like two hours away. Um, I, I don't know what, what to do. So I call up my director of maintenance and grounds and I'm like, all right, what do we do? And he's like, I don't know. Okay. Um, so we scour YouTube for a while and we try and figure out like, how do we get the snow off the turf? Um, this was my first experience with <laughs> turf <laughs> and snow. Um, because my previous district had grass and they were going for a renovation. Um, so here we are uh, trying to figure out how to get snow off the turf. And uh, we watched. I like that you Googled it. You're sitting there <laughs> Googling. YouTube has everything. Um, so we <laughs> run over to Home Depot. I pile in the truck with the maintenance director. Uh, we go over to Home Depot. We get these, you know, six foot long PVC pipes. Um, he slices them down the middle. We're sticking them on the blade of the truck. Well, there were like three trucks. Uh, so we stick these on the trucks and then we start plowing with the PVC protecting the turf. Um, the custodial crews shoveling off the, the, the bleachers. I mean, there's feet, you know, a foot of snow. Um, so we pile all of the snow onto the visitor's side. <laughs> Uh, which my coach was fine with, but the visitor seat team didn't really appreciate like mountains of snow on their side. Um, and yeah, so I mean, everything was fine. Um, we got the, the turf plowed off. Uh, we got the bleachers plowed off. Um, I ended up making the entire maintenance staff cookies the next day um, after the game. Uh, we lost the game, unfortunately, but um, so all that work for you know, not a good result. But, um, I, wait, I have okay. I have two questions on this yeah. before you even. I got it. Okay, first of all, is getting a PVC pipe and putting it on the bottom of the blade was that yeah. what YouTube told you to do? Yes. <laughs> so we listen to YouTube. This is what we do. I mean, supposed <laughs> to do. Did it work pretty well? It worked. Yeah. Okay. All right, so you would well, recommend goal, this to anyone. The goal who was would, to protect the turf, right? I mean, that's the goal. Yeah, yeah, but that's not. Uh, I don't feel like that's where I would have went first, but it worked. So now, I mean, you worked. just you just spread a very important piece of knowledge to a lot of people. I feel like that if you have snow on your turf, you please don't know. hold me liable for your damage. <laughs> <laughs> works for us that doesn't mean that it's gonna work for everybody else um, um okay yeah. so and then you never thought like maybe we should cancel the game or, or delay we it or couldn't like it's the state playoffs so like we had to have it and then it we scheduled it for a friday and even if we were to have it on a saturday like we were still gonna have inches of snow and so we had to get it off somehow um 
because there's only a small window of when you can have the the playoff game. Um, but every it's funny because everybody else who's in the same situation, we're all calling around to other ADs, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Um, yeah, nobody really knew because we hadn't really been in that situation before. Um, and then the same thing happened kind of with COVID when we started. Um, and the fall, it was 2020, the fall of 2020. Um, they moved football to the spring of 2021. So it was like a six week shortened season. So we, it was March and we had snow on our turf and my football team wants to get on the turf and my boys soccer team wants to get on the turf and they're all banging down my doors. The coaches are like, when are we going to get on the turf? When are we going to get on the turf? Um, I ended up making a flow chart and put it outside of my office. And I said, are you here about the turf? Yes or no? Like, yes please leave. No, you may proceed. Um, because I was like, we'll get to it. We know what we're doing now. Yeah. I like the flow chart idea. I have, a, I had a huge uh, calendar that was on the outside of, or in the inside of my office that had like when every single facility was being used. So you didn't have to ask me anymore, right? Like look at the chart. If it's available, you can use it. If it's not like you can see who's using it. Um, but the flow chart is a great idea to add right onto that. Just this well, is where you're I at. love the line. If you're here, if it's yes, leave. <laughs> I mean, I, I like the boldness in that statement just to say, hey, if we're we've, we're addressing it. I don't need to hear any more about it. I don't need your opinion. We're going to get it done. Yeah, back, back in had an opinion. Yeah, back in the day when I taught PE, uh, I had a shirt that said, "Yes, we are changing out today." It reminds me of that because that's what the kids ask you every day. Are we changing out? Yeah, we change out every day. Like, what right. You, so I had this big shirt that said, "Yes, we are changing out today." It reminds so let me, me ask, of that. <laughs> let me ask this question, Rebecca. When when you got the snow all piled up, and you, I mean, you obviously got to converse with the visiting team and kind of say, "Here's here's our plan," and um, we're going to get all this snow and we pack it over there. Did anybody run into the snow? Did anybody make a snowball? Did you have any issues with the fans and the stands when the game happened? Was there anything no. crazy like that at all? No, it was, um, I think it was too cold. Um, you know, we had heaters on the sidelines on both sidelines. Um, and I, I think it was just, once you get to the level of where it's, you know, win or go home, there's really no, I mean, people are there for football, right? Yeah. Um, your regular conference games and your goofballs, that might have been an issue, but, um, and the team we were playing, like, again, this was my first playoff game because my previous district never made the playoffs. Um, they were good at other sports, not so much at football. So, like, in comes this team and they dressed all of their sophomores and there's like 90 kids on the sideline and I'm just, my eyes are like wide. I, this is my first experience with it. So I, I was expecting things like that. Um, luckily nothing like that happened um, at that game, you know, other games. Sure. Yeah. Um, had issues at other games, but um, yeah, luckily it turned out fine. I, I want to jump on this vein for just a little bit because I think there's, there's some, in I got some interesting thoughts. So what was the conversation like with the maintenance crew that we're going to do this? Was it your idea to get to YouTube? Was it your idea to figure this out? And then 
they have it figured out or you had all these trucks waiting? Whose idea was this? Um, it really went, the credit goes to my director of maintenance um, and his crew. Um, I don't want to steal his thunder because this was totally his idea. He was like, well, I YouTubed a couple of things. And I'm like, all right, well, what did you, what do you mean you YouTubed? <laughs> like, can, I, can you show me what you YouTube? <laughs> on the same page. Um, so, yes, we did it together. We watched the same videos. He was the one who was like, I think I got it. Um, and then the maintenance staff, I mean, I just, I, I think the maintenance staffs at all high schools are just like the most underappreciated people out there. They keep our, our grass cut and our, you know, line painted and they do all the crazy shenanigans that we ask them to do. Um, and they were like, you want us to what? Shovel off the bleachers. What? Um, and, uh, you know, it was a couple hours out in the cold and, these are the things that we're asking them um, to do, but they just, they were like, okay, well, whatever you need, we'll get it done. That's um, awesome that you have that kind of support at your school too. That I mean, it really takes a team to make games like that happen. And it, and it's awesome that you have that. Well, my, my dad, um, when I was growing up, he was a manager at a retail store and said, you always take care of your secretarial staff and your custodial staff. Um, and however that is, you know, my mom and I were huge bakers, so we would provide baked goods to his secretaries and custodial staff and, you know, all the people that he would take care of. Um, and I just buy my maintenance staff, my custodial staff with gear, right? Like they all want gear. They got polos and long sleeve shirts and I get backpacks and, you know, anything that I get, I always order something extra for them. Um, my maintenance crew, all they ask for is hats you know, the, the ball caps. And so throw a couple of their way and they are willing to do whatever it is that I need. Um, just for me spending a couple of dollars on them. And it's not even me, like it's our district and our athletics department spending money on the people that help us. So they will, they'll do whatever I ask because I, I, I appreciate them. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that I try and instill on, you know, uh, younger teachers, younger coaches, like, hey, if you have an extra t-shirt from camp, like, throw it to the custodian because they're going to make sure that your floors are clean and, you know, your trash is picked up from the track and, and all the, all the things that we, we need, we, you know, in order to use our facilities. So. So when they went and shoveled the, the stadium, the bleachers mm -hmm. and all that, I'm sure they didn't have PVC pipe for that because you weren't worried about protecting anything there. It was just, it was good old manual labor. Just get out there and shovel and clear. And um, did you have a sellout? Was it a large crowd or did you just have to say, Hey, let's just clear off this middle section or these certain sections. They just do it all. Um, they did it all. And every seat was packed despite the, uh, despite the weather. Um, football in this community is, it's a longstanding tradition. Um, and this year we actually made it to the quarterfinals. And that's the first time that's ever happened. And the community came out in just droves. I mean, we had signs, yard signs, people painted stuff on their fences, like orange light bulbs outside. Um, some of the local businesses with billboards put up Go Huskies. And um, so pretty much no matter the weather, we're going to have full bleachers. So 
I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes. This being your first experience, not just in the playoffs, but as the AD in the right. playoffs. I mean, you, you compound it a couple times there. So did you get to enjoy the game at all? Or were you more worried about, hey, we got to get this snow and take care of all this other stuff? And do you not get, did you get to appreciate being in that moment? Because the first time is always a special time. So were you able to appreciate that moment while there? Um, I think so. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm looking, I'm thinking back to my first really large playoff game as an AD, and I don't know if special time is the <laughs> term that I would use to describe what that night was. But I think that's important, though. I think that's something we need to appreciate, that not everybody gets to do that. And when you get to do that, like Rebecca didn't get to do it at her previous school. So when you get to do that, I think that as ADs, we need to take a moment and breathe that in and say, all right, this is a special time. Um, not everybody gets to do this. Uh, we've been fortunate to get to the state finals a few times, and I don't ever take that for granted. I mean, be able to do that because there'll be people that'll never do that in their career. Uh, and so that's why I asked that question, because I think at some point we've got to be able to stop and kind of just enjoy that moment, not for us, not because we did that, but just the accomplishment for those kids to be able to experience that. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was more like, I definitely try and appreciate the moments. Um, and especially those, those big moments, right. Um, you know, playoffs, my football team went to the quarterfinals. My bowling team is extremely successful every year, boys and girls. So we're usually walking across the podium um, taking those moments in. Um, but at the same time, your stomach is full of butterflies. Um, your mind is racing because, you know, this, this is it. This is the big show. Um, did I do everything right? You know, and at some point in time, you just have to let that go and watch the game, um, and appreciate what the kids are doing. Um, but still, like, I think I was trying to, I think I was feeling sick the entire day, just because that's what we do. We got to make sure that everything is lined up and ready. Um, but at the same time, once the handshake happens, you know, realizing everything that's been accomplished, winning or losing. And I always tell my wife, you never know, a firefighter never knows when he's going to be called out. He's just got to be ready. Um, and so you can have all the best laid plans. Being able to, hey, this is going to be the, if you draw it up, it's going to be perfect weather. It's going to be a great outcome for, for your team. And and those things didn't happen. Uh, but those kids got to participate and you got to see that. But still, that doesn't change the effort that we put in, whether or not we're going to win or not. We still got to put on the show and do our thing. So my question is going to go back to the baked goods that you had. <laughs> and you said you made cookies for the custodial staff. Two questions there. How many cookies did you make and what were the flavors of the cookies? Um, so I made just plain chocolate chip, um, but I think I made a dozen cookies for each. So probably like 12 dozen cookies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I want to come work for you, Rebecca. I just want to go be a maintenance guy for you. Well, I had um, my one of my custodians um, was kind of assigned to the athletic office. and. Um, would always just make sure everything was, you know, correct. Um, he's since taken another job and, um, you know, I, I still miss him, but I wanted to make sure that he got a double batch of cookies because he just 
made everything in my life just something that I didn't have to, you know, I didn't have to worry about whether, you know, the the floor was swept for the basketball game and, you know, they, they rode the Zamboni to, to wash the floor and, you know, there's no salt in the hallway and we have a huge salt problem in the winter. And so just making sure that they're, they're taken care of and people that go extra, like I'm going to go extra on them. Yeah, you That's you know awesome. what she's referring to in salt. She's not talking about yes. your food, Danielle. Yes, I I thought maybe she was talking about for my margaritas, but I do actually understand <laughs> what she's talking about. I am from New York, remember? <laughs> but you're in Florida. Your body hasn't acclimated back to New York. You are a no, Floridian. No, I am now. But yes, I do know what she meant with the salt on the sidewalks. But I do prefer them on the margaritas, for the record. <laughs> so, Rebecca, I'm just going to ask this question. Now that that game has happened and you've experienced what you've experienced, and you know you don't want your first one to ever be that level of what you had to deal with. Have you had, I mean, I know you got to the quarterfinals this year, but have you hosted more playoff games, and have they gone more, let's say, swimmingly for you instead of um, more frozen? Yeah, and I mean, now we know what to do if we're ever in that situation again. Because um, you YouTubed it. <laughs> because YouTube does everything. Um, but yeah, it's they've we've been fortunate enough to host um every year uh for the past couple of years um minus our covid year. Um and they just they happen, right? Like they they just they go on. No matter so what. So let me ask when you had the shortened season when you played in the spring um and I know you had the balancing act of of soccer and football and trying to make sure who got on the turf when, cause everybody's going to want to be on there and they got their games and how chaotic was that time? I mean, other than you create, creating the flow chart that said, if you hear about turf, go um, or schedule, yeah, just don't come back. But um, how was that balancing act for all those sports in the spring when it's football's, in the spring is foreign because it's not something that we do and you shorten the season. So how did you get adequate play in time and how did you make those decisions? So, um, there was a lot of, uh, work with my, um, assistant athletic director who works on the facilities calendar. Like that's his job. He does facilities. Um, like nobody's, he, we just stay out of his lane. Um, but that particular season or that particular year, there was um, a fall sport a season, a winter sport season, a spring season, and a summer season. So in spring, um, it was football, uh, boys soccer, and girls volleyball. And then our traditional spring sports were moved to what we called summer. So everybody kind of got six to eight weeks. Um, my football and soccer coach, uh, were, you know, they, they liked a little turf war, um, and <laughs> I, I'm a turf, um, but I told them, I was like, look, they're like, I'm sorry, but this is the only surface that we have to play on because everything else is still frozen. Um, it still has, you know, inches of snow on it. Um, and so we're going to just have to deal with it. So football got the North half and soccer got the South half and it was, what it was I mean it was six weeks and the good thing is that at that time we were still under the guise of we're playing right like let's enjoy the fact that we're playing we know that this can get taken away we know that things can be moved 
let's enjoy the fact that we are in fact able to give our kids mm-hmm. this opportunity, um, which, you know, that mentality is gone, yeah, gone. Um, real quick. Um, but they worked it out and, you know, you've got this half and you've got that half and this is what we're going to have to do. Um, scheduling with, you know, games and stuff was a little bit different, but luckily we kind of had a little bit of a buffer between the the temperature wise when everything was able to melt and when that games actually started, we had a couple of weeks for, you know, practice only. So um, we've got several practice fields that happened to be grass. So they ended up turning into mud pits, but you know, again, it's got to play. So. Yeah, you didn't drive trucks out on that trying to clear that off. I mean, turf you could do, but... <laughs> PVC pipe won't fix that problem. <laughs> they won't fix the, fix the ruts that are created by the tires, so... No, yeah. no. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's a whole different term of frozen tundra, but that became a mud pit since it all... I am going to keep this in my brain, though. Like, this is phenomenal information because... Being in New York, I've shoveled fields. Like in order to practice, we've had to shovel fields in order to play lacrosse, right? And and you're right, dealing with grass versus turf is going to be different. You can't shovel them the same way. So I just think this is just a, a great piece to put out there. Turf is becoming more and more common across the country. And whether you have extreme heat or extreme cold, there's going to be ways around it. And um, I really like the knowledge that you're putting out there that you shouldn't just, well, one, YouTube it, but two... Here's your, you're giving a very concrete answer to like, this could work. You're not, you know, this is an option. If you have a plow and if you can do it this way, then, then this could work. So, um, I really like that piece that you put out there. I think it's going to be useful. I mean, we just had what South Dakota on here. They could use that information (laughs) for sure. Well, I I think think it's still snowing in North Dakota. So, (laughs) and that, that's an element that, that some in the North are going to face is some of the, the weather that is going to be extended winter that they may get to deal with that we don't deal with. Um, we deal with some in Arkansas, but I mean, it's going to be 80 degrees today in uh, soccer, softball, baseball, they're all going to get to play. Uh, and so the reason Rebecca, I asked about that question about scheduling is for us, it'd be crazy because we got boys and girls soccer, both going out on the same time and football, try to throw that in there. Um, the turf war would be legit. Um, here because mm-hmm. they I mean I don't know what you do with three teams you got two that's you can you can break it into halves when you got three that's going to make it a little more difficult I think um, creative got real creative but maybe YouTube that I don't know if YouTube's got that or not or that answer but maybe you do that <laughs> I wish YouTube had the answer for like washout days so when you've got your spring sports or you've got seven or eight teams all vying for the same gym space field house space and I just can't go and build a field house, uh, you know, an additional well, why, field house. But why not? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, Lego. <laughs> I, I think the great line. I may be. I may be borrowing that flowchart, Rebecca. If you're going to ask me about if we're going to have a dome over our stadium, just leave. <laughs> don't be here. Um, you know, I'll say that to say we had an April Fool's joke in our town one of the newspaper editors put out that we were putting a dome over our football field. <gasps> and at the Is end of it, it was April story? Fool's. It Is was an April Fool's. He wrote a whole story about it and talked about how we were going to name it after, he said, he called it the Dustin Dome. We we're going to name it the Dustin Dome. So all of a sudden, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I mean, 
I get phone call after phone call after. Are we really putting a dome up? Are we are we covering the football field? When's that starting? Because we got to do this and this and this. And I'm like, did anyone protest the name of it? No. Go. Oh. <laughs> Everybody was on board with that. Why would they oh, protest I, it? Daniel? I, it's, just a, it's just a question. Just a question. <laughs> so, the, so this was his April Fool's joke, and you go to the bottom of it, and it says April Fools. Um, but he had different quotes from different people and how it was going to be paid by those two banks that folded. It was going to be funded by those. And so people, I mean, he was pretty creative in this process, but it, it caused a lot of stir amongst our people that were thinking we could do so much other stuff than put a dome over football. We could turf baseball or we could turf softball or we could get indoor whatever. This um, joke turned into a little mini nightmare for you. No question. And and I say that because I think Rebecca had a mini nightmare in this whole snow episode of trying to, hey, we're just trying to have a playoff game um, and we're, con- we're confined and when we can do that. So what do we find our solution? But I think that's what we, as ADs, that's what we do. We just find the solution, mm-hmm. even if it's on YouTube. I mean, you may be able to find some stuff. I found uh, my son had a Jeep and he it wouldn't start. And so I YouTube, hey, how is this? particular model of vehicle what's it do and i got some commentary from a guy that was up north that would said well here's what some schmuck did and he tried to he was the commentary is is great on some of those videos if you'll watch just try to find the the remedy but anyway i was able to fix it because of youtube so rebecca i second what you said here youtube has the answer i uh you know shout out to my husband on this because um he is uh I call him a mechanical genius. He can fix any piece of machinery there is. And I have called him in to try to fix scoreboards and things of that nature very, very frequently. But um, I've caught him outside with his car being the person that makes the YouTube video. And he like, <laughs> I can't interrupt him when he does it. And I, I, uh, I tease him about it, but clearly it's needed out there. Clearly it's needed. So, so Rebecca, have you made a video since then? Have you gone on YouTube and said, man, this really works? I think you ought to do that with your custodian, yeah. your maintenance department, mm-hmm. and say, here's what we did, and here's how it worked. Mm-hmm. I should. Um, I should. Yeah. I, I, I second that. And it would be the same thing. So <laughs> <laughs> I refer to TikTok now, not necessarily YouTube. I mean, right. TikTok has all the answers. Now TikTok does. See it see how it's I feel like that's more dangerous for some reason. I know it's the same exact comment, but it just feels more dangerous. That's a rabbit hole I don't want to jump down. <laughs> you can go and find some things on well, anything. I mean YouTube, you can find mm-hmm. some crazy stuff on there, but just think about when we were growing up. Maybe not when you were growing up, Danielle, but Rebecca, when you and I were growing up, how things were different then compared to now. Um we didn't have the luxury of YouTube. It was just we called it ingenuity. People would figure out how to fix that. But now these, now we uh, these young whippersnappers in the AD world, they've got the the tools of YouTube and TikTok and whatever to find the answer that they need simult- or instantaneously. Yeah, I was talking to my husband the other day, and I'm like, "Remember when we had encyclopedias?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. People had catalogs, and they actually looked through those and not scrolled online or. Um, I remember when Sports Illustrated used to come out, the the new episode would come out. I mean, I'm, I'm all pumped. All right, I get to read the Sports Illustrated, and now you get it just like that. You don't have to wait. And I think we've gotten too fast in our world, uh, but that's just a whole nother soapbox that I could get on. Um, 
But Rebecca, man, I, I appreciate you being such a sport in this. Um, not really knowing where we were going to go, but you had a story ready and you were firing, come out ready for um, just this conversation. And, and I think some important takeaways uh, at the end of the day, we want to laugh, we want to have some fun, and we're going to ask some crazy questions. But there's some legit takeaways in your story of people that, that in the AD world that can take it away. And you said it when I communicated with you. Hey, Rebecca, will you do this? And you said, anytime I can talk shop, basically, I can talk about AD's world, I'm in. And so I appreciate you jumping on here and having a conversation. And And I know you had a late night last night and you're back early and the world has hit you like it's hit every AD when they walk in the door, especially at the inopportune times. But I appreciate you taking time and jumping on here with us. And again, I appreciate learning from you again. Absolutely. Yep. And I, I echo all of that as well. Um, I think there's some some really valuable information you have out there, whether whether someone uses your trick or just the knowledge that don't be defeated by the weather, right? There's always a way around it. Figure out what you can do to so your kids can play. So I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed your story. Um, hopefully I will never have to use this information, but I'm going to store it. <laughs> we'll pull it out if I need to. So That's thank you for being with us today. Yeah, thanks, Rebecca. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening, and thank you to our sponsor, Wall of Fame who excels at telling your school stories and supports us in telling ours. Check out the description of this episode for a link to receive a discount on all Wall of Fame products. We are looking forward to the next story and hope you are too.